Hey, what's up? This Warren here again with another, you know, podcast. So, um, me, myself, and our podcast. So, um, in this podcast, I'm gonna be, you know, giving out another sample for my new book on the prize that's now available on Amazon and Audible. But, um, this is another sample. You can purchase the book on Amazon and Audible and enjoy. Chapter 13, Appeal to the Self-Interest of Others. According to Law 13 of the 48 Laws of Power, to succeed in getting what you want, you have to focus not on your desires, but on those of the other person. They could care less about your needs, and if you do focus on them, they view you as desperate or as an annoyance. Also, don't make the mistake of basing your appeal on such irrelevant things as your loyalty, love, or favors you've done for the other person in the past. Appeal to the people's self-interest. Show how fulfilling your request benefits them. Also, you need to understand what motivates them and what matters to them. Put yourself in the other person's place and see things as they would. Does your ex or spouse have ambitions or enemies? Look for the ways you can help fulfill their needs or further their goals. Psychological egoism suggests that all behaviors are motivated by self-interest. In other words, it suggests that every action or behavior or decision of every person is motivated by self-interest. It also suggests that every action must be motivated by self-interest. Few people may be insulted by appeals to their self-interest because they like to think of themselves as elite. They feel good about themselves and feel superior to you when they can be charitable or magnanimous. They don't need any help from you other than a chance to feel and be viewed publicly as beneficent and superior. Fine, give them the opportunity to be magnanimous. But in general, get what you need and conceal your intentions and don't concern yourself with how they feel. Understand, in this world, you cannot make it alone and you will need help on your journey and people really don't give a shit about helping you. So you must convince and persuade the right person. And the way you go about that is to find out what they have an interest in. If they see something to be gained while helping you, they will help you more quicker. People do things on two occasions. One is out of fear, and the second one is out of self-interest. Also, you can find something that your ex or spouse love most and use it against them for your advantage, and turn the tables on them. Find out a weakness that they have and use it for your benefit. A person that uses these strategies was Vlad the Impaler. Let's take a closer look at him. Enter the dragon. Vlad the Impaler. Vlad began his reign of terror almost as soon as he came to power. His first significant act of cruelty may have been motivated by a desire of revenge as well as a need to solidify his power. Early in his main reign, he gave a feast for his boyars and their families to celebrate Easter. Vlad was well aware that many of these same nobles were part of the conspiracy that led to his father's assassination and the burning alive of his elder brother. Mercia. Many had also played a role in the overthrow of numerous Wallachian princes. During the feast, Vlad asked his noble guest how many princes had ruled during their lifetimes. All of the nobles present had outlived several princes. One answered that at least 30 princes had held the throne during his life. None had seen less than seven reigns. Vlad immediately had all the assembled nobles arrested. The older boyars and their families were impaled on the spot. 
The younger and healthier nobles and their families were marched north from the Turgoviste to the ruins of a castle in the mountains above the Argus River. Vlad was determined to rebuild his ancient fortress as his own stronghold and refuge. The enslaved boyars and their families were forced to labor for months rebuilding the old castle with materials from another nearby ruin. According to the reports, they labored until the clothes fell off their bodies and then were forced to continue working naked. Very few of the old gentry survived the ordeal of building Castle Vlad. Throughout his reign, Vlad systematically eradicated the old boyar class of Wallachia. The old boyars had repeatedly undermined the power of the prince during previous reigns and had been responsible for the violent overthrow of several princes. Apparently, Vlad was determined that his own power be on modern and thoroughly secure footing. In the place of the executed boyars, Vlad promoted new men from among the free peasantry and the middle class, men who would be loyal only to the prince. Many of Vlad's acts of cruelty can be interpreted as efforts to strengthen and modernize the central government at the expense of feudal powers, of the nobility, and great towns. Vlad was also constantly on guard against the adherents of the Dynasty clan. Some of his raids into Transylvania may have been efforts to capture would-be princes of the Dynasty. Several members of the Dynasty clan died at Vlad's hands. Vladislav II was murdered soon after Vlad came into power in 1456. Another Dynasty prince was captured during one of Vlad's forays into Transylvania. Thousands of the citizens of the town that had sheltered his rival were impaled by Vlad. The captured Dynasty prince was forced to read his own funeral oration while kneeling before an open grave before his execution. Vlad's atrocities against the people of Wallachia were usually attempts to enforce his own moral code upon his country. He appears to have been particularly concerned with female chastity. Maids who lost their virginity, adulterous wives, and unchaste widows were all targets of Vlad's cruelty. Such women often had their sexual organs cut out or their breasts cut off. They were also often impaled through the vagina on red-hot stakes that were forced through the body until they emerged from the mouth. One report tells the execution of an unfaithful wife. Vlad had the woman's breast cut off, then she was skinned and impaled in a square in Turgovist, with her skin lying on a nearby table. Vlad also insisted that his people be honest and hardworking. Merchants who cheated their customers were likely to find themselves mounted on a stake beside common thieves. Vlad was a fan of various forms of torture, including disemboweling and rectal and facial impalement. Vlad the Impaler tortured thousands while he ate and drunk among the corpses. He impaled every person in the city of Amlas, 20,000 men, women, and children. Vlad often ordered people to be skinned, boiled, decapitated, blinded, strangled, hanged, burned, roasted, hacked, nailed, buried alive, stabbed, etc. He also liked to cut off noses, ears, sexual organs, and limbs. But his favorite method was impalement on stakes, hence the surname, quote, Tepish, end of quote, which means, quote, the impaler, end of quote, in the Romanian language. It is this technique he used in 1457, 1459, and 1460 against Transylvanian merchants who had ignored his trade laws. He also looked upon the poor vagrants and beggars as thieves. Consequently, he invited all the poor and sick of Wallachia to his princely courts in Torgovist for a great feast. After the guests ate and drank, Dracula ordered the hall boarded up and set on fire. No one survived. Understand, Vlad the Impaler was a selfish and evil man. 
he used manipulation and persuasion to lure some of his victims in. He appealed to his victim's self-interest just to execute them. He was driven by rage and revenge from the death of his father and older brother. But the lesson to take away from the story was he was purpose-driven. He had a reason for doing what he was doing, and he stopped at nothing until he accomplished his goals and dreams. If you'd like to get in contact with me, send me an email at mcfadden.warren at gmail.com, or you can text me on WhatsApp worldwide at 1706-346-4783.